Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. Very excited to be here on a whole bunch of levels. Lots of things going on uh, all over our listening area. I want to welcome our listeners from KEDC, listening on 88.5 FM here in Bryan College Station. KYAR 98.3 in the Waco Central Texas area and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Welcome to everyone. I want to begin our show today with a unification of our listeners in praying for rain so desperately needed. So join me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In your loving providence. Send abundant rain and restore our parched earth. Father of all compassion, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, your Son, in whom the promise of new life has dawned, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Renew your faithful people. Renew the face of the earth. And we pray all things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Caleb. How are you? Oh. Good morning, Judy. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'd like to wait till you're at least a few feet away from the microphone right. to address you and keep us on our toes of today. Of course, yeah. No, I'm having to duck a little extra today because we have some new cameras in the studio. And one, I am just about an inch and a half out of frame, the top of my head. And so I'm kind of ducking down. Really? Um, Your horns hardly show. No, oh. but if, if our listeners want to, they can hopefully later this week, check out this episode on YouTube, see your smiling faces. How about that? Yeah. Usually I well, just have a face for radio, but now. Oh, you have a face for YouTube, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I want to welcome my guest, Kevin Kapczynski. He is the Director of Religious Education at St. Joseph's Catholic Church here in Bryan. Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Kevin. Howdy. How's it going? Oh, man, we're doing great. Doing great. Lots great. of exciting things going on. This is, you know, the month of August. We're still riding on the coats of our Blessed <laughs> Mother and celebrating uh, all the graces that come about for that. But I can't imagine that there's a parish on earth that's not talking about the beginning of school and RCIA and mm -hmm. religious education and all those things that have kind of hit pause over the summer. And uh, so we have lots of things to talk about. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Starting the catechetical year is kind of like starting an old diesel engine sometimes where it's it's set up all summer and, uh, you know, you got to put some priming fluid oh, and stuff man. like that in there and get that. it going. I love that former uh, al <laughs> a lead, uh, leading to uh, former <laughs> talk. It's <laughs> where go. I grew up. Oh, nice. Okay. Ah, yeah. You know, your mom and I are. Oh, yeah. We're San Salvador folks. folk. That's right. All that stuff. So great. Well, um, Give us a little background uh, just about who you are, where you grew up, why you're here today, and all those points in between that got us here. 
Yeah. So, um, I actually grew up in college station, Brian. I was a parishioner at St. Thomas Aquinas in college station. Went to, uh, A&M consolidated, went to A&M majored in philosophy. And, uh, since I was 10, I was thinking that I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a priest. And, uh, cause I, I greatly identified with the idea of, uh, being able to bring God to people, um, being able to share the good news. Um, and I thought, yeah, you got to be a priest to do that um, <laughs> uh, at 10 years old, right? Um, uh, but as as uh, the Holy Spirit would have it, uh, my freshman year here at A&M, I started dating my wife. And I remember I had a, um, I, uh, I was in spiritual direction with uh, a priest. I won't, he'll remain nameless for this because it's a funny quote. Um, <laughs> but I told him, I was like, you know, Father, I... I thought all this time I was going to be a priest. I, I feel like I'm starting to lose a piece of my identity in this. Like, you know, what do I do? Like, I, I really like this girl. And he was like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? You just, <laughs> the Holy Spirit gives you a gift of this beautiful woman. And you're going to look, you look a gift horse in the mouth and say, what? <laughs> no, man, go date the girl. Go, go live out your life. This is great. This is good news. And I was like, oh, well, yes, father. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so but really, it, it makes perfect <laughs> sense when you are trying to allow align your will with the will of God. And I mean, it's not always in this bright neon light Jesus. Sometimes he's yeah. just a hubcap in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And a rusty one sometimes. There you that. Go. Um, yeah. So I, uh, uh, I went and got an apprenticeship uh, for youth ministry in the diocese of Dallas. And I got to work with some amazing mentors. I learned a whole lot uh, from, from all sorts of folks. Uh, and I did some post-grad work at University of Dallas um, for pursuing a certificate in youth ministry studies. Um, go Crusaders slash Groundhogs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. And then I got hired in the Diocese of Dallas at a little parish called Holy Family of Nazareth. Um, and I was working with a good friend of mine. He was actually the best, best man at my wedding. Uh, so we had great fun working together for a year. But then we decided... Um, you know, well, well, we found out, surprise, we're pregnant. Um, <laughs> and this ministry deal, uh, it's not, it's not right where we need it to be. And we want to be a little closer to family. So I had a brother in Dripping Springs. And so I got hired in Dripping Springs and I was the DRE, uh, there in Dripping Springs for about nine years. Shout um, out to our brother, Deacon Charlie. Yeah. And, yeah. There you go. Uh, shared friendship with him and Brenda. And we learned, uh, probably right when you were transferred, got the job here, mm -hmm. they were like... They're still very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, but their there. son was here. Yeah. Uh, Colin came here mm -hmm. for college and he's, do, he's doing great. So it's cool. It was cool to like transfer over and see all of my former students here at St. Mary's or whatever, um, which was neat. Um, yeah. Really good friends over there and uh, dearly miss it uh, almost daily. You know, there's, there's really good relationships you walk away. So I, uh, I understand sometimes how priests can feel when they have to leave a parish. <laughs> well, as um, <laughs> my husband was ordained and we're lifelong St. Anthony parishioners and we got assigned to St. Joseph. And yeah. so I know exactly what you're talking about. But, yeah. you know, we cling to the fact that we are serving. Uh-huh. And, and when God calls, you go. Yeah. Um, and so, By his grace. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it ended up being a deal where I, uh, God had put it on my heart um, to make a consecration to St. Joseph. And you, you know what saint stalking is where they just, you kite, it's like the red car phenomenon where you like, you see a red car and then all of a sudden all you see is red cars. Right. Right. Um, well that was St. Joseph for me, right? Mm -hmm. There was, there was just constantly everywhere I was looking, I was thinking of St. Joseph praying with St. Joseph. I made my consecration to St. Joseph and, um, 
what was crazy is I got a phone call from a priest and he said, Hey, uh, we got an opening here at this parish in Bryan. And I had heard through the grapevine that you were looking to maybe be a little closer to family. And I was like, okay, say more. Yeah. Um, and it was St. Joseph and Brian. And I was like, all right, St. Joseph. Like, <laughs> all right, pal. I had to soften me up first. But um, yeah, it was a deal where my wife and I, we really took it to prayer and we we ended up saying yes and kind of didn't look back. Uh, and it's been an awesome, awesome, almost three years now right. uh, here at St. Joseph. And we're doing tons of stuff. Yes, it's we are. I, uh, again, happy to be assigned there The for Keith and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a, a great great relationship and ready to do some work together. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, we're truly blessed to, to be there. There's been, um, no shortage of, of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Like you, you hear in the scriptures or whatever, how they talk about, you know, like the, the laborers are few and the work is many, but it's a rich <laughs> harvest out there. But, um, you know, there's, there's really just like what I've noticed. And I, once I got here was there's a deep sense of, um, poor catechesis among families, um, in, in this particular parish. And, um, that was one of the things that I was being, feeling called to kind of by St. Joseph and the Holy family, uh, to just like, Hey, pour into families, like whole families, mm-hmm. not just the kids through like an RE program, not just the parents, but whole families. Like let's, we can, we can rebuild a little bit the, this idea of domestic church, huh? KEDC, <laughs> right? Um, that's why we pay you the big little, bucks, little Red Sea radio plug there. Um, <laughs> But in any case, like we, we can absolutely develop a program in a parish that is focused on purely the domestic church as a whole. Um, and rather than seeking to form individual kids who like maybe not, they're not being taken to mass or something like that. Well, that's not the kid's fault. That's like, that's, let's talk to the parents um, and let's get them into the classroom further. And maybe let's invite them to do some of the teaching alongside of us. And we'll, we'll help equip them to do what, what they need to do there. But every parent should be able to teach the gospel to their kids because that's what they believe, presumably, right? Let's hope. Um, yeah. So that's what we're pursuing at St. Joseph is forming the whole family. Correct. So, Well, um, I mean, you have full reign to really talk about whatever you want to talk about. But Holy uh, That's dangerous. <laughs> initially, let's d- talk about how the RE program, is it from uh, kindergarten all the way through high school that's changing a little bit or... Um, <sighs> Yeah, that's a good it's, question because there's there's clarity to be brought there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what we did at the very beginning was I, I, I went in and I took about 15 years worth of, I'm going to tell you the full story since we yeah, got time. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, I took about 15 years worth of attendance data at St. Joseph and it was, um, there were some good years, there were some, you know, not so good years uh, and eliminating kind of the outliers there, you could see just kind of a slowly descending line. Um, and it was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. um, at a certain point, presumably, it's just going to go to zero. Uh, so I said to Father Brian, our pastor at the time, like, I want to do something a little bit crazy here, um, but I want to start introducing this idea of family-based formation. Uh, and that was in like 2021 or whatever. Um, and we just did a pilot year with like 12 families, and it was really, really cool. Um, but some of the other research that we were looking at was showing that like um, if both parents aren't involved in the faith and aren't sharing the faith actively with their kiddos, that kid has like a less than 10% chance of remaining faithful into adulthood. And we're like, that's not good. <laughs> like that's a problem. What are we doing if we're only forming the child and their parents aren't engaged in the faith? Um, we need to like have a massive shift 
to bring back the family type unit because mm-hmm. the majority of our students are of that like bend, right? Like a lot of our, I think like 65% of our students in RE weren't going to mass, yeah. which is like alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we said, okay, something's got to give here. We're going to change this up a little bit to account not only for the data that's out there, um, but also like where our church is. Um, how catechized are our parents, our families, our whole people, our whole families coming to church? Or do we see like friends having to take kids to mass yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Well, and I think society in uh, is working against that. I mean, here, you know, we both grew up here. So mm-hmm. our experience um, is your churches were surrounded by a community and you that's the church you went to and your grandparents helped build the church Mm -hmm. and and all those things and now we are such a fast-paced um and sometimes we're able to okay i can't do that at my home church so i'm gonna shift gears and maybe this is your experience as well because my oldest went through saint joseph's Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. And I was a youth minister at St. Anthony's. So I would meet people and say, oh, really, where do you go to youth ministry? And they said, we, no, we go to Catholic school. We don't need religious education. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. Tell yeah. me more. <laughs> so there are other, uh, yeah. rather than just the decline of right. the busyness and all of those things, there's lots of other factors that kind of. Totally. Move into that. Totally. And mm-hmm. if if uh, religious education or catechesis, evangelization, if it's only happening within the context of a Catholic school, this may upset some people. If it's only happening at school, that's not enough. Mm-mm. Like that's just, it's, it's not working if that's the case. Or if it's only happening while you're in RE class, that's not enough. That's not good enough. <laughs> Christ desires our entire heart, not parts of it. Right. Like he, he laid down, he gives us his entire body on the cross and then feeds us with his body, uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, if that's not a total and free gift of self that he, he asks of us to give back, then what are we doing? Yeah. The internet is filled with people, with atheists, former Catholics who are always saying, you know, well, I know all about Catholicism because I went to Catholic school, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and this is why it's not real. Or whatever, you know, and, and, but they're the people that their both of their parents weren't engaged. And so they're that, uh, the people that fell away because they didn't yeah. have, they didn't have that deep root in, yeah. in, in, in their family life. Right. Yeah. It stems all from that. Right. Like that's, I, I know there's another statistic that's, that's poignant here. Um, in that if a fa- if just the mother is involved in, uh, their faith and trying to raise the child Catholic, it's like a 40% chance that the student will remain Catholic into adulthood. If just the father is involved, it's like a 58% chance that the student will remain Catholic into adulthood. If both parents are involved, it's like 85% plus. And the other 15% is typically from like RE, youth group, other adult mentors in the parish who are like pouring into this child, right? Like the formula is there. It's been there. We've just kind of been trying to reinvent the wheel a little bit. I'm like, no, no, no. Like there's a system for this and it's the family. The family is what builds up the church. That's what churches are made of. Just a bunch of little tiny domestic churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to account for that reality with our RE programs. And I'm glad you brought up the question earlier about who's this for, right? The family model is custom designed for uh, students to learn from K through five. 
Now it can be adapted for older kids. And we actually encourage like our high school students or middle school students to help do some of the teaching, like help your parents out. You know how to talk about the, our father, do it. Um, teach your little siblings how to do that. There is huge value in a big sister, big brother teaching a younger sibling how to do that kind of stuff. So we really encourage that. Now we do offer youth ministry for sixth through 12th grade, and that's vital. And I want to bring up that distinction because at a certain point in brain development and just like identity, right? The faith starts to become like little kids, their faith is their parents' faith kind of naturally, right? They do, it's like monkey see monkey do. They, mm-hmm. they do what their parents do. So if the parents are faithful, they act faithful. They, they start to learn the habits, the attitudes, the, the humility, hopefully, uh, that comes with that. Now, once they get into sixth grade and adolescence, right, they start to become their own person, which is scary. Uh, but as they become their own person, there starts to become a trade-off a little bit, a shift, if you will, wherein their faith is not only just their parents anymore, but it is this gift that their parents gave them and that they are making their own. And we see that happen in youth ministry. That's why youth ministry is so vital, so important, especially outside of like Catholic school. Like if it's only there, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Where are you making this your own? And where are you living this outside of the times that you're taught? Oh, Um, so well said. Want to remind our listeners that this is a live program and we would welcome a phone call for a question or comment, uh, chime in on this conversation. And you can do that by calling 855-683-7332. Or text me, or if you know Kevin, text him (laughs) and uh, make it pertinent to the subject, please. And not as my friends will sometimes try to distract me while I'm on air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, um, and so many things along with uh, the religious education program at St. Joseph, things are, you know, taking a step forward and moving towards this um, teaching the adults along with their children makes perfect sense. Uh, As a youth minister, we would have uh, the parents come for confirmation, let's say, Mm -hmm. and just as a people don't talk, yeah. <laughs> people don't sit at a meal and talk anymore and say, yeah. so we're like, okay, tell your uh, student, tell your child your confirmation name and why you chose it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's the first time they've ever heard crickets, that. crickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it was really bore a lot of fruit. So, yeah. you know, starting it off there, I, I'm in a discipleship quad and we were, oh, good talking the fact that you were going to be here and because my husband is the deacon and teaches the baptismal classes Mm -hmm. and we're all doing the very best that we can. But I was like, what if the concept of like a mentor couple for marriage prep, we have mentor couples for baptism Mm -hmm. and uh, we usually go to this mass and uh, a lot of things. So uh, not going to say her name, but <laughs> very excited. I can't wait to go to the next pastoral council meeting. This is a great idea. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Take, you know, busy people and give them one more thing to do. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Just keep volunteering them. The yeah. Lord will make a way. Yeah. So um, this has been a, a change of the way religious education is going to be done yeah. this year. Um, yeah. You had your 12 families that was two years ago. That was two years mm-hmm. ago. We had about two dozen or so last year. Um, and then like there started to be kind of a, a strain on our, our department where it's like, Hey, we're having to run two full fledged programs 
and we're not doing great at like either one. We mm-hmm. need to pick one. And um, can I can I say swear words on here? Is that okay? <laughs> I I'd like to whole butt one thing and not half butt two things, <laughs> if you will. Um, That's a musician term. You can you know if you can't play it as fast as you should, play right. it half fast. That's right. Is that what you're <laughs> trying it. to say? That's it. That's something okay. like that. Yeah. Got it. Um, <laughs> thanks for reading between the lines. This is a PG-13 program all hey, of a sudden. Hey, man, <laughs> I've spent the last 30 years of my life in front of a microphone at least once a week, and I haven't uh, hit a foul ball yet. There so. you go. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is held high. <laughs> That's right. Um, so in any case, we kind of had to make a, an executive decision along with uh, with Father Ryan's right. guidance. Meaning like, hey, your idea for the family we're gonna compared go to the there. classroom. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're going to put our resources and our time into that. Um I don't know who's actually, it's an 817 number that's calling. It's probably not. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're pouring our resources into that, which is going to probably and hopefully bear more fruit, uh, kind of where the Holy Spirit's been leading us this whole time. Um, and frankly, where the church uh, is demanding us to go, uh, especially if you look at Familiarized Consortio from St. John Paul II, Um it's all about the family. It's all about good and holy and healthy marriages and how that supports the the goodness of the church. Um, really good document. Can't recommend that enough. And it was in like 1987 that he wrote it. Oh. Um, so it's been around, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all of that to say, uh, this change, any change in a parish that has been doing something for this long is a challenge. It is, it is like attacks the very identity of who we are, right? Well, what was so bad about doing this classroom stuff? Well, I, I mean, the data, that's what's bad. Like, yeah. and, and there's... We're, it we're didn't maybe work. A, <laughs> yeah, and it, it may still work for some, but it's not going to work for everyone. And we're trying to build something that's going to work for the most possible people that we can. Yeah, I had a question about that. Um, one, what would be your best argument to the people that, um, may, and maybe go a little more into the data. Sure. Uh, what, uh, uh, to the people who are unsure about this family model. And then two, um, do you foresee that perhaps you won't reach maybe as many kids, but the ones you do reach, so like less breadth, but more depth? Mm. Um, is that kind of the goal or is that, you know, I guess what's the, um, you know, what's the goal and what, like, what's the view on that? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, don't know where it's going to lead. I, I think the the focus is trying to serve as many people with the most effective model as possible. And based on the current studies, where the climate of the culture is, where society is, and where the deficiencies we see are, this is what we've discerned is going to hopefully serve the most people possible. Now, that being said, uh, the lived experience of this so far, right now it's like I've been reading the instructions on how to play Monopoly and saying, hey, we're going to play Monopoly this year. Well, I don't know if you remember your first time playing Monopoly, but you're like lost, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. What do, I get $200 for doing what now? Like, I don't understand. What, why do I get the $200? And can I run the bank? Because I want to steal. So, like, <laughs> so do you put money in the center and when you land on, you get that money? Because oh, that's sure. not, in parking. Parking. not in the rules. not in the rules. It's not in the rules. Free parking Just wondering, house rules. Now, our 100%. family does that. And, you oh, yeah. Know. And yeah, like what are the house rules? Like what are we going to do here? But if you remember the first few times playing Monopoly or like Settlers of Catan or something like that, once you start playing the game, it's like, oh, 
oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. This isn't that hard. And in fact, like one of the first activities that we're going to have parents do with their kids is like, hey, draw a map. Have your kids draw a map from the church to their house. And any child of any age can do that activity, including the parents. Like it's not hard, but the conversation that you get to have, it's like, wow, this is really interesting, little Timmy. Like this is, it's just a straight line. That's interesting, right? Um, But then that can open up a conversation of like, hey, now I want you to draw a a map from the church to heaven um, and see where the conversation leads, right? There's, There's really good unpacking that we can do and it's all guided stuff. So I didn't really answer your question greatly there, but at the same time, it's, it's, we're trying to build something that's going to be so accessible to parents that not only does it offer a level of breadth or sorry, a level of depth, um, but it's accessible enough to account for the wide breadth of experience that many, many parents who don't go to church can still draw a map at a very base Mm -hmm. level, right? Like it's, it's just hanging out with your kids at that point. Um, yeah. So, so um, someone's listening right now and they're kind of ready to hit the panic button. Like, I yeah. don't really understand. I have a third grader. I need to know a little bit better because, I mean, I go to the parish every week. Or how week am I going to make the how, time? How, how, or how, how, how are we going to make this transition mm-hmm. from bringing Sally on Wednesday mm-hmm. at 630? How are we going to make this transition and... T- you know, call me down out of the tower and I'll unload my gun. Because <laughs> it's, I, I mean, Caleb, your family is utilizing this, is it correct? We're mostly doing RE at home, but we... Because you have littles. We have little ones, and but we do it, you know, we do stuff pretty much every day and we're homeschooling too, so it's correct. pretty much always uh, a part of what we're doing every mm-hmm, day. But you can see value and Oh, for sure. The no, I mean, I, I think the same thing. Like I know people growing up... Um, even myself, you know, we went to church on Sundays, but uh, religion wasn't like something that we did at home. You know, it wasn't really part of our life at home. It was something you did at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that way. Yeah. Um, I, it kind of reminds me of like in baseball, like you catch people sleepwalking and that's when you, you pick them pick off them base. Off. And that's, yeah. that's also what the devil's trying to do too, right? Um, w- people think they're safe. They think they're just taking a normal lead uh, go to or church, whatever, I going to my church. Rosary? What yeah. else do I got to yeah. do? <laughs> but it really needs to be part of your everyday life all the time. Um, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so feel so blessed to work here where I can be Catholic all day long, every day, 100%. <laughs> that's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So how to call people down out of the tower. Um, so <laughs> we actually kept all the same times as our classroom model. The difference being that parents just come this time. Um, that's the difference. Uh, so it's not actually a huge monumental change. Like many people might fear it is now, if people want to do this at home, great, please do it at home. Um, one thing that we encourage is doing it with some other families so that it's in community. Right. Um, but that, those are like little meeting points. This is an everyday program and it's got activities for every day. Truly. Um, it even has like a little thing you can hang on your your rear view mirror, like, hey, talk to your kids about this uh, on the way to school this week or whatever. So uh, there's lots of good stuff there in the actual curriculum. But as far as like um, not panicking, we're trying to change functionally as little as possible. Um, so this program operates on a four-week cycle. Uh, the first week, um, they get to choose, parents that is, get to choose either Sunday or Wednesday. You don't got to go to both. Just pick one. 
based on what works best for your family that week, but you're not locked into any particular day at any point. Just find out what works on your schedule. This week. <laughs> this week. Yeah. And there's actually a subscribable Google calendar that we made. So you just have to click a button and it puts all the dates into your family calendar. It's kind of handy. Um, so we did that. And <laughs> for you, people who aren't 66 and <laughs> do that. Well, <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm going to have no comments well, on people that. People who are 66 don't have school age kids. So and if they do, okay. God's definitely part of their life. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least better be. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Please pray for those oh. people. Um, in any case, yeah. So it's, it, those are the same RE times, right. essentially. Um, so there's not a difference there. So if they were already used to going on Sunday, okay, great. Keep going on Sunday. And by the way, you get to come too. And Father Brian's going to teach you this lesson. You get FaceTime with the pastor at least once a month, every time. And he's going to teach you the lesson on what the first commandment is and dive into that, how to teach your kids about that. That's what we're talking about the first week. Mm-hmm. Second week, we're going to have, um, Sunday or Wednesday, if parents want to come to the school, like we've always been doing, they can come and we're going to invite them to, and we have catechists who can can kind of help out um, with some of the teaching, but the catechist job is just to kind of equip the parents really at this point. Um, But the parents like, Hey, get with a couple other families, go to a classroom, do some activities together, have some fun as a family, and we'll see you next week kind of situation, right? So that's weeks one and weeks two and four. Now what happens with week three? I'm glad you asked. Did you ask? You asked. Great. Um, week three is all community-based. So, um, and these are open to the entirety of the parish. Uh, we're going to have an alternating cycle of potlucks or parish date nights, which is something new that we're doing this year at St. Joseph, so that we are going to have uh, four of these date nights, and they're going to be like awesome, man. We're going to have, it's going to be fun. There's going to be door prizes and appetizers and coffee and wine <clears throat> and uh, lots of lots of opportunity to grow together as couples because good and holy marriages bring about good and holy kids. Uh, so what are we doing as we're supporting this domestic church if we're not supporting good and holy marriages? So that's a priority of ours. Uh, so re- really like we have week one, father's teaching you a lesson. Weeks two and four, uh, you're sharing that same lesson with your kids either at home with some other families or at home on your own or at the parish in whatever medium fits your family and your week the best, do that. Uh, And then week three, you're invited to participate with the community and come to a potluck uh, where we'll have kind of like themed coloring sheets on the, the, the church's devotion for that month or something like that. Uh, Or you go to the parish date night. Let's find a babysitter and let's go to this date night and let's work on our marriage together as we talk about communication or um, dare I say it, sex, Uh, like how to, how to approach those things in a healthy and a holy manner. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, If people are really worried about it, I know I just laid out like a huge menu, which is like maybe overwhelming to somebody, but some of it's like me reading the instructions to Monopoly, right? If this, then this, if this, then this, Mm -hmm. but really it's just... uh, People got to kind of take a deep breath, look at the whole picture as it is and say, there's a lot of options here and we get to pick one avenue and just based on what's best for our family. Yeah. And so um, your tenure at uh, Dripping Springs, Mm -hmm. this transition uh, took place. How long did it take to really get the ball rolling and form a rhythm of its own and we, we never did family information oh, at I'm, Dripping I'm Springs. I'm so sorry. I was 
miss uh, I'm misremembering. No, no, no. no. Well, <laughs> we were in the mis- we were doing a capital campaign and building a a, a building Truth. at the time, so I wasn't gonna rock the mm-hmm. boat too too much. Um, plus, we got all these brand new classrooms, which was great. So, um, people were pretty content to yeah, stay the yeah. course there. Okay, sorry so, about that. I'm, no, I'm no misunderstood. Um, so as we came here three years ago. Didn't do any changes. Then we kind of introduced it and did both programs. And now we're transitioning into this. And so uh, (laughs) if a parent was, okay, I got to get involved in this. How how do they get registered and get plugged in? And how do we we move forward? And when is all this going to take place? Uh, The first classes, um, and you pick one, Mm -hmm. will be September 10th and September 13th. And those will happen in St. Joseph Elementary School in the cafeteria. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, we're going to run like a little mini VBS program for the little kids while the parents are learning from Father Brian. So they'll get like a, like what's what we do at VBS. It'll yeah. be like a large group. And then we divvy them up into stations and they'll do a craft. They'll have some playground time. They'll have some time to talk about a saint or a Bible story. Um, and then we'll get back together uh, and then we'll send them home. It's pretty, pretty simple process, but um That'll be fun. Uh, as far as what to do and where to go to get registered, you can go to stjosephbcs.org slash formation hyphen registration. <laughs> Why do I know that so well? Because I give that out quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's where you go. And it's, the hand motions for slash and dash. You got and to, da- right? Yeah. Like you can't just... <laughs> Yeah, for those of you out there that won't remember that at all, I'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. That's great. Let it be known. Um, yeah, so that's that's the plan. Um and that's how people get registered is just online. And it's the way that we have it register r- registration running right now is you make a, a parish account um, through our database. That way we just have accurate like contact information. It's, it's really important for us that we know who you are, like what your phone number is in case we need it. Um, email address, that kind of stuff. Nothing crazy. Um, we don't ask for anybody's social security number uh, yet. <clears throat> um, just kidding. That's a total joke. <laughs> Settle down. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you'll log in with a username and password. If you don't have one, you can make one. It's really easy. Put in your family's information and you register you as parents and then you register all your kids. If you've got youth ministry age kids, you register them too. And then there's a payment link. It's all happening through our website. It's all super simple. Um, And then you'll get a confirmation email with more details. Mm -hmm. That's about it. And um, you have, uh, I know you're the director. Mm -hmm. Samantha Stroll is Mm -hmm. your assistant and... After a father's homily last weekend, we're even looking for more, but I would yeah. assume you could never have enough volunteers. Do you, where would somebody get plugged in to help out? Yeah. So um, the most, I look for volunteers for all sorts of stuff. I, I can put somebody to work in almost any capacity, yep. depending on their gifts. Right. Um, but I always look for right now, like maybe more married couples who their kids have left the house and they want to walk with some other families and be kind of like catechists. So it's like, hey, you know what? We had to do this with our kids. And I remember how that went. Like, can we teach your little kids while you teach your big kids for a minute? And then we'll swap. Um, there's really good opportunities for families who are uh, a little older and their kids have left the house to volunteer as catechists. And it's not something where you have to have like a major in theology or something like that. You just need to have a heart that's willing to help families out. Um because you've been there and you know how hard it can be. Uh, and so you're willing to step in twice a week or, or sorry, twice a month or three times a month, however you're capable of doing it uh, and committing to the formation of good families. 
uh, and ultimately what leads to good vocations, um, which is kind of like the long-term vision of this, right? Is we need good priests. We need good, well-formed marriages. We need good, well-formed sisters and religious. Um, and this, this all comes from good and holy families. Um, so there's that, uh, let's see. There's one thing I, I was going to say, but I'm, I'm blanking on it now. That's embarrassing. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned Samantha Schroll. I love Samantha. She is incredible by the way. Um, she, she does a lot of stuff that's like kind of behind the scenes, but like I am trash at all that stuff and she is amazing. So I love having her on staff. Yay, Samantha. Um, shout so, out. Huge shout out. She's amazing. Um, anyway, uh, yes, we are looking for more volunteers. We're looking for more staff. We're looking for more people because ultimately the parish programs and, and relationships are growing. Um, right now, uh, the past two years since Father Brian came on, we've been developing what we are calling discipleship pathways, ways for people to become or, you know, pursue missionary discipleship as defined by Pope Francis. Um, and like the time for doing that is like yesterday, right? Absolutely. We're, we're behind the eight ball and we're trying to attack this with everything we got. Um, so that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're, we're looking for more funds so that we can expand our programming and make it excellent. So, uh, there's, there's a lot to do. There's yeah. a lot of work. Like you we kind of give us a little reader's digest condensed version of that discipleship totally rhythm of, uh, what's going on at St. Joseph. Totally. So we have, we, we operate on uh, the parish mission is to meet, know, live and share Jesus with everyone. Right. Uh, and we kind of look at that through a baseball diamond. You mentioned baseball mm -hmm. earlier, right? Um, so that meat section is home base to first home to first base. Uh, no is, you know, you've, you've accepted Jesus. Um, you've kind of come to believe the gospel. And now I want to know more, more than just like knowing about him. I want to know him. Okay. Well, that's first to second base. Mm -hmm. That's knowing Jesus. And then from second to third, we're rounding the horn there. And that's where we're starting to live out that knowing we're starting to live a life that is after following after Jesus, taking up our cross. So that's where we start doing things like, um, being in com community with other family members, with other, uh, church members where we're doing life together and developing firm and rich relationships with each other, all rooted in living out the faith. And then from, uh, third base to home, that's where we're sharing Jesus being on mission together with those people that we've been living life with and sharing the faith with, we are absolutely going to go on mission with one another. And we are going to find some more people so that we can help them meet Jesus so that mm -hmm. they can know him so that they can live him out and then they can share more. So does that make sense? Like we just keep going around the horn again and again and again, accompanying each other. The reader's digest edition <laughs> of like where our discipleship pathways are leading. We start with alpha. We want everyone to go through alpha because alpha introduces Jesus and Christianity and just a very base level. Like who is Jesus? What's the Bible? Why should I pray? Very basic questions, but very important questions, um, foundational questions. So there's that. And then that follows with a program called foundation. Foundations, uh, where it's like a, a kind of a squished together RCIA program mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. Uh, we have some really good administrators who run that, uh, and I can't recommend it enough, but you got to go through alpha first. Like oh, it's yes. really important to have that but, foundation. Right. And it's interesting that, um, I think the target was more of a unchurched Mm -hmm. person who's just have all these questions, but it seems as though so many cradle Catholics and 
people of different ages have gone through it and it just sets on a fire that you continue to move through that and the foundations, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> about Alpha, what would you say to those people that are like, well, just the basics. I already know the basics. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to those people <laughs> so like you, me where I'm like, I know the basics. The alpha, what is that going to tell me? Totally. So it is the basics of, you study the, the way I describe it is saber versus conocer, right? Um, in Spanish, like saber is to know things about somebody. Conocer is to know somebody on a relational level. And many, many, many cradle Catholics never had the conocer experience, mm-hmm. right? They were only ever taught things about Jesus. And so they started to learn who this God was, like maybe through the Baltimore Catechism or otherwise, but they never actually started to develop relationship with him and with others who believe in him. That's what Alpha does is it establishes a very baseline level of understanding of who Jesus is to you in relationship to you and to others. Uh, so that's what I was really good at. Yeah. And then we start to dive into the knowing stuff and how it relates to my relational experience through foundations. Great. And then we have the opportunity. I mentioned discipleship quads. It's been a fabulous experience for me. It was just really what I needed yeah. at the time I needed it. And we can learn more about that, but the mirror image of this pathways of discipleship is being brought to fruit in the religious education program as well. Totally. Uh, we're all talking as fast forward as we can because we know we have one minute <laughs> left. So uh, tell our listeners uh, how, to, how to get involved, where to go to get this information, get totally. their kids registered. Yeah, you can go to our website, stjosephbcs.org. And if you hover over the learn section, that's where we have all of our discipleship stuff. So for adults, we have alpha. Uh, For the students, we have the family formation stuff. We have youth ministry under there. We have lots and lots of information. Um, So definitely go check out our website. It's stjosephbcs.org slash formation (laughs) registration if you're registering for family formation. But otherwise, just hover over learn and look at all the stuff we got. Great. Thank you so much, Kevin. And go and make disciples. Amen. All this I can.